Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It's time for questions from the audience. Gangster Pete joining me on this adventure. Uh, Gangster Pete, what's the good word? Uh, you know, hanging in there. Um, we uh, have a number of uh, questions here from uh, from people. Uh, perhaps a, a new record, actually, with the number of questions, opinions, and so on and so forth sent in. Um, and we always welcome people to send in questions, stories, opinions, comments, anything. Anything is welcome. Any topic is welcome. And uh, you're, you're welcome to, to be serious, to be uh, pissy. It doesn't matter. Everything is, everything is welcome. This is... This is our little forum on this podcast. We thank uh, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. We thank Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Seth Goldcamp Design Air, Heating and Cooling, and a new sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show, Jim Rogers of Restoration One. They all make the podcast possible, and we thank them for their support. I just refinanced with Ryan Kelly, our studio sponsor, on April 20th, I went back and was looking at it. April 20th is when I closed, and it it, it was so simple that uh, I regret not doing it sooner, actually, because I would have been saving money. Uh, you go to thehomeloanexpert.com, whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, and it's all there for you, a couple of clicks, and now you're in touch with his uh, staff in his office, and you get an idea of just how much they can help you. It's Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Start saving money or get pre-approved buy a home it's the homeloanexpert.com mark hanna of evergreen wealth strategies is a wonderful sponsor of this podcast as well he is online at evergreenstl.com the number is 314-889-0503 you want to have somebody you can lean on when it comes to finances when it comes to just having questions and knowing you have an unbiased answer somebody just kind of says okay well here are the numbers here's what you have here's what you can do here's what you can't do mark Hanna is that person 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com mark Hanna with evergreen wealth strategies he helps everyday people every day and i'm just really a big fan of him as far as character goes, somebody you don't know count on, and when you're talking about handling people's money, that's not something that I take lightly as far as a recommendation. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. And, and then uh, our new sponsor. I was saying that we have a new sponsor on the program, and we are thrilled to welcome new sponsors on the program, Restoration One, Jim Rogers and Restoration One. So because of James Carlton's sponsorship, um, I have uh, talked often about how my basement flooded in March of 2019. At that time, uh, the week leading up to our return from spring training, there was a record rainfall in March of 2019, and we had all kinds of issues. Uh, turns out uh, our sump pumps uh, or some pump, we had uh, one that just malfunctioned and it, all hell was breaking loose. It was brutal. It's, it's a helpless feeling. Those of you who've experienced it know it. Those of you who haven't probably don't realize it because um, I didn't until it happened to us. And you're just watching so many things get destroyed and there's nothing you can do. Well, we get home from being out of town for a long period of time during spring training and I didn't know who to turn to. And so that's what I want to do when I'm talking about Jim Rogers and Restoration One of Central St. Louis. Know 
if and when this happens to you, this is the person, this is the company to contact. Because I didn't have that. It's a Saturday night, and I'm going, oh, my God, our basement's going to get destroyed. We just had this thing built within the last year and a half, and it's getting destroyed, and there's nothing we can do. The water is, is rising, and we have no clue what's going on. And so I was texting with people, and they're saying, well, I've heard of this company, I've heard of this company. And as it turns out, uh, Jim, a listener of the program, uh, I think I posted something on the fan page, and he contacted me, and he was over uh, within like 20 minutes. It's unbelievable. And I always told him, I said, if you ever want to do it and advertise on the podcast, advertise on the radio show, I want to be able to tell this story because I know what happened and I know what you did and I know how much you saved us. And I also know that when it all happened, I didn't know where to go, who to turn to. Well, here is the person, Jim Rogers, Restoration One, serving the entire metropolitan area. Uh, 314-888-5266. It's Restoration One of Central St. Louis. And this is a little-known fun fact, and it's important to know. When disaster strikes, the choice is yours, not your insurance company. So, you know, this is, this is, this is important for people to just save. If it ever happens, you ever have damage to your home, Restoration One of Central St. Louis. You just know this is the company to go to, kind of like now it's how it's become for design air, heating, and cooling. People have HVAC problems. They know to go to designairservice.com, and Seth Goldcamp's going to take great care of you. Same thing here. You're having issues. Restoration 1 of Central St. Louis, a new sponsor. 314-888-5266. Restoration 1 of Central St. Louis. Jim Rogers. All right, well, we did something uh, very different with uh, our most recent interview on the program. And uh, some of you may not have listened to it yet. I'd like to recommend that you do. We were experiencing a, a limited amount. I don't want to overstate it. A limited amount of criticism on uh, in the text inbox. Pete, how many texts did you see when we weren't talking about the George Floyd situation? I saw, I saw like two. One. Okay, okay. I saw one. And, uh, and then I saw one this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday, June 2nd, 2020. And then there was a post on the fan page where somebody, and he wasn't really being an ass about it, um, as I always say, I, I, you know, considering I put my, my personal contact information out there, if somebody has a question, they can ask me, uh, or I guess they can DM me for that matter, but email me at tmckernan at insidestl.com, um, and expressing disappointment that we didn't talk about, talk about it. And I pointed out that we really hadn't talked about the pandemic in April and May, um, and that was a choice. And I do talk about it on the podcast. And that was my plan as well, was to talk about the George Floyd uh, death and the ensuing protests uh, on the podcast. I just don't feel like we can do the topic justice on TMA, a wide variety of reasons, uh, from something as simple as logistics, with Doug and I still at home, the cat's in studio now, but still you have people talking over each other. You can't see people talking. We can't give each other signals on certain things, you know, face-to-face. It's just it, it's too important of a topic to risk it. Uh, also, on the show, you have six white people, uh, and I think this is a story that, um, in order to at least try to do it justice, have um, at least one African-American give their perspective um, and so I had posted that I was going to talk about it on the podcast, but even then, honestly, I was like, I'm going to talk about it, but I don't really know what I'm going to add that others haven't said. 
Um, I think with how much we've talked about race on the podcast, uh, those who are regular listeners know, you know, not just the standard I am anti-racism thing, but how, and I really, uh, as you will hear in the interview with Alvin Mack, um, who is the guest I'm leading up to, um, talking about, for whatever reason, it's been something that's been really, I guess I've been sensitive to, but going back to like five or six years old growing up in South City. And I, and I don't have an explanation as to why. I just know it, it is the way it is um, for me and has been all of my life. Uh, I don't think that's, it's, it's just, it's not a look at me, how wonderful I've been for 36 years. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I just know that it's something that's important to me and, and it has been, and, and perhaps more so than, than the average person, that perhaps it also sometimes may misdirect me uh, to thinking that there may be bigotry when it may not be. So I don't want to necessarily say it's a 100% positive thing. But with that said, I still haven't had the experience of living as an African-American in the United States. And so I said I was going to talk about it, and I think those who you know pay attention to the radio show and the podcast figured I would, but knew the reasoning behind not talking about it on TMA. And then Alvin Mack, who is a listener but also active on the show, and for those who pay attention to cl- the show closely, you're familiar with him. He's an African-American gentleman, uh, 47 years old, and he said he would love to come on and talk about it. And so this whole thing happened organically. It happened within a matter of an hour. Pete was already gone from the studio. I don't go into the studio at the moment. I'm at my house, but it's only a couple of minutes from the radio station, the studios, and Alvin was off yesterday, Monday, and said he could come in. And just like that, Pete drives back out, Alvin comes in, I come in, and we have this hour and ten-minute conversation about race and George Floyd and um, what has transpired over the last few days. And so uh, it wound up being, considering the circumstances, I think one of the better things that we've done, although Pete and I really didn't have anything to do with it outside of showing up. It was Alvin's idea, and I loved it because I didn't really want a politician. I didn't really want a quote-unquote celebrity guest because that person might have some semblance of an agenda. And I don't mean agenda in a, in a, in a negative way per se, but just not necessarily as authentic. And so what wound up happening is Alvin and I had a conversation um, that was more listening, really, on my end. But he also asked me some questions. And I thought they were really good questions, too. And it was just a conversation. I don't even think at a point he probably wasn't even thinking that there were microphones there. We're just sitting there bullshitting. So I really do recommend listening to that, especially if you're kind of tired out by some of these tweets and companies tweeting and so on and so forth. I, you know, this was, I don't know. I loved what wound up happening. Uh, I wouldn't say that if it were my idea, but since it weren't my, it wasn't my idea, and it was Alvin's, uh, I I want to compliment it because I happen to be a part of it. Pete happened to be a part of it, but it was Alvin's idea, and then it wound up being this, this just you know kind of heart to heart conversation that became an interview for the podcast. So that's up, as you can imagine. A lot of the questions this week uh, surround it, and um, and I'm sure that is what we will get into. Although I've gotten so many emails, I don't I don't recall all of them. Uh, and I'm just going to scroll down and, uh, and attempt to answer as many as possible. Uh, Gangster Pete, before we get into it, you know we're going to talk about it. Um, what is your thought going into the conversation? Is this something you're like, I'm looking forward to talking about, or I'm like, or you're thinking, I don't really want to get into this? Let me know where you are. 
I mean, the whole the whole thing's got me bummed out, man. Uh, I grew up. I was lucky. My parents were treat everybody the same, treat everybody equal. Uh, no fuckery of that type is going to be allowed in this house. So I was I was always brought up. So that was made clear. That was actually yeah, vocalized. Yeah, that was made clear in my house. I was big into sports, so all my heroes growing up were African Americans like Ozzy, MJ, uh, Melvin Booker. Uh, so for Melvin me, Melvin Booker reference. Yeah, I love Melvin Booker. Undefeated '94. Yep, that's right. Uh, so for me, I mean, it's just it really bothers me like that because someone has more melanin in their skin that you're gonna judge them based on that, and in, so the whole thing just really bums me out. The looting thing, I think, takes away from the message. I think that the community has every right to be upset. I think the protests are justified. Uh, I wish that they would scale back on the looting part of it because I really think that takes away from the message which needs to get out there. Uh, So, yeah, the whole thing bums me out. I did see one really cool thing yesterday when I was uh, looking through Twitter. I don't know if you saw about this Jalen Thompson kid in O'Fallon. Mm-mm. 17-year-old kid who organized a protest on Facebook. He thought there was going to be like 50 people or something that would come to it. There ended up being 1,500 to 2,000 people. The chief police showed up, walked arm in arm with the kid, and all of the protesters of all walks of life. And it was a peaceful protest, and I thought it was really powerful. Like, I watched this kid. They interviewed him. I saw it on David Carson's Twitter. He's a writer for the Post-Dispatch. Right. And it's the first thing that kind of brought me to tears since the Blues won the Cup. Like, I had tears rolling down my face listening to this kid talk because I'm like, this kid is 17, and he gets it. So I I retweeted it. You can check it out at P.I. Colts, or you can go to David Carson's Twitter. But uh, I'd recommend checking it out. And then if you go down in the comments, they got the chief of police from O'Fallon talking about why he marched with the protesters. And it's just an example to me of what could be. So... It was a really positive thing that I I hope people will check that out because that's that's how I think it should be done. I uh, I did see video of that march. I didn't know that it was a 17 year old behind it. I yeah. saw the chief of police walking arm in arm with protesters, and I saw him being interviewed. I guess it was by David Carson of the Post Dispatch as to why he was doing it. Um, and that's one of the things that that I feel like. You know, Alvin and I talked about it. We talked a little bit about it on the radio show today. Um, And that is, who is supporting what they saw on the video with the officers and George Floyd? Now, I realize there aren't going to be a lot of people using their real names and their real accounts uh, if they did feel that way. Um, As Alvin and I talked about, the dog avatar is the white sheet of the 21st century so in other words it's people who use burner accounts burner phone numbers whatever and they'll hide behind things so they can get their shit out there because it's 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 coward bitch shit um but you don't even i I, you don't even have like your the voices you may think that would try to find a way to defend it attempting to defend it the other thing that i've noticed and i noticed this just while scrolling through instagram uh today which i'm Really, honestly, I'm usually looking for the latest thing that La Serena 69 has posted. Uh, is my entire, uh, not my entire, but I would say 90% of me just scrolling through Instagram. Have you seen this today, Pete? I assume you probably have. What are you talking about? The um, the blackout on Instagram. 
No, uh, are you saying they're fading some of the posts or something? No, no, no. Just like people are posting as a picture on oh, their Instagram okay. timelines, just a black image, just black, just like, you know. I haven't been on NC yet today. Okay. Um, Blackout Tuesday is what it's called. And I feel like, and I regret not asking Alvin about this because it wound up just being a conversation and, you know, I didn't even think to. Uh, that, I knew going in, I went, What's but that? Just about that Alvin Mack conversation real quick. Yeah. I thought that it was a great idea to get the opinion of like an everyman, you know? Like Alvin that's Mack. That's why I love doing it. He had no he had it. no agenda. It's just a guy that's lived it his life and he's living it now. And he understands that better than anybody. Like he can bum me out while it's in the news for a few days, but they have to live with it every day, you know? Right. So I thought anyway, that was a great idea. Well, it was his ideas, you know, and I and I loved it too. And I I couldn't I, like if you would have said, Hey, we've got take your pick of this public figure I, I guess I would have done it but I would have done it with some unease and my reason being is and, and this might be right it might be wrong I don't know but I think some in the audience and I'm not talking about just like the one or two who just want to shit on everything I'm talking about a decent percentage maybe even close to 50 percent would go oh I don't really want to hear what this person says this activist says this politician says I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. But because it was Alvin uh, and he's, quote unquote, just a guy and every man, as you said, uh, I think it gave it more credibility. And again, the word I keep going to is authenticity. You know, I don't yep. think I don't think you listen to that and know what you're going to get. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to go into an interview and have an idea of what you're going to get. But that's why I kind of get tired by some of these you know, take your pick. It's not like I'm like, oh, I really don't like the conservative ones. I don't like the liberal ones. It doesn't matter. If it's, it's just like, if it's not real, if it's done for show, virtue signaling as it's called, I've I tune it out. Or Cringy. when somebody's talking, yeah, I mean that's a perfect word for it. Or or you know, as I've talked about when we talk about politics, whether it be on the radio show or whether it be textures, and I see certain names pop up in the text, and I, I don't even need to read. I already know what it's going to be. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, and I just don't think everybody thinks the same if they are part of a certain political party or if they are part of a liberal viewpoint or conservative viewpoint. Some of the things you agree with, some of the things you don't. And if you get swallowed up by the ideology and then you're just in lockstep, then I don't think it really says much for independent or critical thought. And so with Alvin, here are his experiences. You may not like it, but here are his experiences. That can't be going, well, he's just saying that because he's trying to win a Senate seat or something along those lines. So I loved that that happened. And it, and it, ha- it happened, as you know, it happened in like a matter of an hour. It, yep. was, it was so quick, and I wanted to seize the moment when he said, I'm off on Monday. I'm like, okay, we'll do this however we need to do it. And like I said, credit to you for turning around and coming back and uh, us being able to do it because it was Alvin's idea, and we had to have that happen. Um, and so what I was about to say is, the thing that I regret not asking him, I have always felt like one of the issues, I don't even know if I would call it one of the issues, that makes it sound like there's a bunch of issues. I think one of the pushbacks from the white community or non-black community, if you want to expand it beyond the white community, on Black Lives Matter is simply the name is first level as that might sound but the reason for the name is that we matter we matter 
everybody understands there's loss of life, but ours count too. We're not just statistics. There were another four murders on the north side. Each one counts. They matter. But then the pushback has been, well, I mean, are you saying that white lives don't matter? So it, it becomes so something that I think in its at its core had the pure intent because of its title, there were people who were white people who agreed with the overall premise but didn't agree with the manner with which the name was presented, Black Lives Matter. And so then the pushback became All Lives Matter. And I think you have people who agree with both sentiments, kind of in parentheses, of course, All Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter, getting caught up in the name of the respective group or if you say, well, all lives matter, what are you, a bigot? And then, then, then people get pissed about it, and we're taking our eye off the actual ball. And now, because there is video of what many of our African-American friends, coworkers, have been saying, I think that's why, whereas a week ago, Pete, as weird as this might be to say, I think if you have somebody holding up a Black Lives Matter sign, they were, in the white community anyway, um, either would be extreme liberal or would be considered by middle of the road or conservative white people to be on the fringe. And now you have, I mean, I'm speaking to this from my own personal experience, and these, these aren't just public figures I'm following on social media. These are friends of mine, and I see them participating in Blackout Tuesday who I think in, in, in normal circumstances, uh, in normal circumstances being pre-George Floyd, that wouldn't have been something that they would have done. And I think what, I, what, what has happened is people go, wow, now I get it. I can't speak to what the experience is like, what Alvin said, like when you get pulled over versus when I get pulled over. I can't speak to that. I, I, I never will be able to speak to that. But now I get it. I might have been skeptical before, but now I get it. And that's such a huge step. And I don't want to, to sit here and, and portray everything as wonderful, when of course it's not. But that is a huge step that so many people who didn't see it now do. And while when you watch news and you see uh, riots and fires burning and looting and what we had last night in downtown St. Louis with four police officers being shot, you can't spin any of that positively. That, and I wouldn't attempt to because it is a negative, period. But what has transpired here over the last week, and I, mean, I don't even know how much attention has been called to it. I'm observing this individually. Um, of, of, of people, you know, you would expect, for example, LeBron James, who has been outspoken regarding social issues. That's not surprising. But you're seeing a number of white athletes, uh, much less black athletes, who haven't been very engaged in social issues throughout their careers. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods speaking out. White athletes speaking out. And, and, and conveying some semblance of empathy um, that has been, you know, one of the most eye-opening things to me. And I think 
with regard to, and I don't want to give away the entire Alvin Mack conversation, although I know a lot of you have already listened to it, his reaction to the George Floyd video versus my reaction, and I can't speak to everybody else's, I can just speak to the two that were discussed on the podcast. My reaction is and was when I saw it the first time and is still now when I see it, it's like, how in the hell can that happen? How can that happen? How does it get to a point where that's, that's and there's just pe- and there's people around too, you know. Not that it's like, oh, it's okay, it's cool if nobody's around. That there's there's not just people. There are three other officers, two of whom are involved, and then there's people videoing it, and it's just like it's like he wasn't even there, you know. The officer, uh, Chauvin, who's on his who's on his neck. How does that even happen? That's what my reaction is. I'm just I'm 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 dumbfounded by it, and Alvin Mack's reaction was. Here we go again. He wasn't shocked. He wasn't. He didn't even sound angry. Not that he wasn't angry, but he's so used to it that it was here we go again. And I've had I've had a, so many. I don't want to say so many. Make it sound like it's hundreds, but multiple emails sent to me. Um, a number of whom are African American listeners, and um, and and I yeah, we have so many emails here, uh, but and so I can't find it. But he said that resonated with him when, when he heard Alvin Mack say, here we go again. That's, that was, that, I, they were so glad that, that uh, Alvin said that because that's what they were thinking. That, and, and, and for, you know, I don't know, what, I don't know what the racial background is of our audience. I have, you know, no idea. Um, you know, I think people overvalue uh, the fan page and overvalue events and like that's representative of the, of the audience and I, I don't think that that is the case uh, and and but that does that also doesn't mean that you know there are thousands and thousands of female listeners or thousands and thousands of african-american listeners um, but clearly there are uh, some and uh, and I knew that but to have them reach out and so appreciative of that conversation and appreciative of it because it wasn't, we have to find a way to fix this. And this has been going on too long. And that kind of tone that sounds political and whether it's intentional or not, I think listeners take as having some semblance of a political agenda. Whereas here is my experience. I had a great, you know, it wasn't, you know, I was bust into Afton and I was treated like a an asshole from the moment I showed up there. He said, I had a great experience at Afton. I had a great experience at Afton. But then some things started to change. And here have been my experiences. And he was able to tell those stories. And they weren't, you know, they weren't platitudes. They weren't looking for attention. You know, he just told his story and it related to a number of the African-American listeners. And the African-American listeners were thrilled to hear it. Because I think they're thinking the only way for there to be change is for white people, especially people in positions of influence, to start to believe us. You know, and I think that has been the biggest development that, look, what we've been telling you for a long time was not made up. Here, now you see it. And you go, how is this possible? And what we've been trying to tell you is it's been going on for a long time. And we've been saying, how is this possible? But now we're at a point where we're saying, here we go again. You're all shocked. We're all saying, here we go again. And I think that has been significant. It's not worth the loss of a life. But the positive of what has taken place 
is that I see that progressing. And you don't really see a lot of people lining up on sides on this. I think people are going, holy shit. So that, from my standpoint, has been a positive. So it wasn't a topic that I was like, oh, my God, I can't talk about this. I didn't, I didn't want it to devolve into something where it would become, I don't know. It, it just, it, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, you, you know, and I know. I know. And so I didn't want it because that's not where I am. But I'm also not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not on the moral high ground. Uh, and it's not my place to tell someone whether they're right or wrong unless they're saying something that is factually inaccurate. But I wanted to, and I'm so glad Alvin contacted me. I'm so glad. I mean, because I almost didn't respond to the thread because I know what happens and people like jerk themselves off into a frenzy that they, oh, get your popcorn ready, here comes Tim. And I had no problem with the post. No problem with people being critical. Fine with people being critical. They also have to understand that if I disagree, I'm going to present it as such and or back, present facts to, to point out why I disagree um, or explain. But but no matter what, the way that it all happened, it was so organic and it meant so much to so many people. I'm so grateful for that. So with that preamble established, uh, so many emails here. I, I like I said, I, I mean, some of them I haven't even opened yet. They're still uh, they're still unopened. So I really don't know where we're going today with these. Um, and I see right out of the gate, these are uh, certainly a little longer. We'll do our best with it. And uh, and all, as I said, you're always welcome to email in anything. It doesn't have to be on serious topics um hey tim this may have been covered as i've missed the last few episodes but something i've heard you say a few times keep popping in my head throughout the last couple of months when discussing the country's division you've said that sadly it may take another 9-11 type event to work to bring unity a pandemic killing 100,000 plus and a breaking down of the economy seem to further divide the nation Although on a local level, you saw individuals in the community supporting struggling businesses and innovation of other businesses to help the community. It seemed to bring together community, but overall it seemed to stoke the fire of national division. Now another tragedy is seemingly following the same trajectory. I see friends, family, neighbors, and honestly myself having discussions that haven't happened before. The unrest is opening minds and hearts to a situation that needs a voice, but again adds more fuel to the void in the country's unity. What part of America's division comes from what we see on TV and social media versus what we see in our bubble? If a combination of a pandemic and national protest can't gather steam for a come-together moment, do you think it's possible in the current climate? Can a change in leadership bring some normalcy, or does it just flip the scales of partisanship? Thanks. Uh, I, this is not really from John Frascatori, the cardinal reliever of the early <laughs> 90s, but that's how the person signed off, just for the record. Uh, Gangster Pete, uh, the floor is yours, sir. Well, I would argue that these protests kind of are bringing some people together. Like you just said, it's bringing people together to recognize that there is a problem and it's something that we need to pay attention to. Uh, as far as I mean, I'm not hoping for a tragedy to bring us together. I mean, I think that's silly. Uh, I mean, I think the the thing about the virus is it kind of naturally pits you against other people because it tells you to self self isolate, you know, so you're on your own. Uh, so, that, I mean, I don't really have any strong feelings on that. Uh, I do. You know, I said on this podcast. It was either in February or March, and it was it was pre you know the world recognizing the severity of 
of the pandemic. Um, and I guess there are still some people who are like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I don't know. I don't know on that. I, I'm, I, I can't explain it for the life of me, but well, I guess I can. I certainly can theorize. I don't know if I can explain it. Um, you know, uh, somebody, I don't know if you saw this text today, Pete, somebody texted into the show, uh, saying the reason, the real reason why we didn't talk about the coronavirus in April and May is because we were proven wrong when we were talking about it being serious. <laughs> yeah, I, and I thought to my, you did see it. Yeah, I chuckled. <laughs> and I thought to myself, holy shit. I mean, this, this is, this is really out there, you know? And again, it's not like that was a hundred people. T- it was one, but it's still, the point is it was out there. And by the way, it's the, per- it's a person who creates a burner account, which speaks to, you know, dog avatars being the white sheets. And I guess burner accounts being the white sheets. As Alvin says, you know, nobody ever said it to me because they knew they were going to get their ass beat if they did. So what they would do is they would do it in, in ways behind my back and to try to cause shit behind my back, which is, which goes on in social media. Now you see these comments and they're from burner accounts. I mean, I mean, this is bitch shit. So with 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 that established on the pandemic uh, and what we were talking about in February versus how different the discussion was in March and now how different the discussion is in June, I, I remember saying, and I'm sure you remember it as well because we talk about this a decent amount on questions from the audience, that I think November 2020 is going to be something that will be written about in history books. Yeah. And I thought that in February, pre, I say pre coronavirus, as it turns out, it wasn't pre, but it was pre the world's attention on it. Um, And obviously pre George Floyd. And my opinion of that opinion that I said in in, in February here, you know, three, four months later, I'm even more confident. And I don't say that necessarily from a good place. Um I don't know how I'm not predicting what happens, but I think it could be a moment that, that, like I said, that'll be talked about in history books. Um, and, and again, it's not said, it's not said to be Nostradamus. It's just kind of looking at the circumstances and going, I, I don't know how it's not. I, that's, that's, and, and I thought that in February, but that was more, when I was thinking in February, I was thinking, People on the right think there's no way in the world Donald Trump loses, and people on the left, and again, I say people, that's not fair, a healthy percentage of people on the right and then a healthy percentage of people on the left see there's no way that Donald Trump wins, and they both can't be right, and there is going to be this moment, assuming there is an election, uh, that, that somebody finds out that they were wrong and then deals with the realization that their person isn't going to be in the White House for the next four years. Um, Whether that person be Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or I still think there's value on somebody other than either one of those two. Still think that, but I can't find a place to bet it. Um, And so now you add in the pandemic, which some people talk about in past tense. Phenomenal, but whatever. It's it's real. It's over. It's a fucking amazing thing, but whatever. Um, and then, and then now you add in what is taking place with the unrest around the country, and who knows what's next? I mean, the election is quote unquote. I don't even know why the fuck I quote unquoted it, but it is only five months away. From my standpoint, as I say that, I feel like it's still like three years away. <laughs> I really do, and and. 
so I have, I mean, <laughs> there haven't been any campaigns. There won't be any campaigns, I don't think, anytime soon. Um, I, I, it's just, I mean, I don't even see Joe Biden. I know he made a speech this morning. I haven't seen it yet uh, regarding the unrest. But I have, I have, you know, I, I truly worry about it. There's no way for me, there's no other way for me to say it. I, I never want to be on this thing. And, um, you know, when it, when it comes to something, as far as an opinion goes, be dishonest or, or candy coated. So if it's positive, if I'm giving a positive opinion, you know I really feel that way. If it's a negative one, you know I really feel that way. It's like if I make a deal with my son, who's all of two and a half years old, and I say, okay, if you do this, I'm going to give you this. I always have to give it to him because I never want him to be like, that motherfucker, he tricked me into taking my, you know, my bath, and then he didn't give me the reward. I got to deliver. I can't fuck with you, man. And so I hate to say this because I know it's not positive, but I really do worry about November 2020. When you and I know right now, no, right now most people aren't necessarily even thinking about it, but I really worry about it. I'm not talking about, oh, if Trump wins or, oh, if Biden wins. It's, it's just, no matter what, I feel like it's going to be fucking crazy. Gangster Pete, what were you about to say? When you brought that up in February, I didn't really agree with you. Uh, but now that all of this has happened, like, I totally see it happening now. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I just don't know how it doesn't. And it scares me for so many reasons, um, both personally and professionally. No, again, no way to candy coat it. No way to candy coat it. It is a real thing. And, um, God, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I don't know. I because some of it, some of it also comes. And I don't want to say information like I am aware of this group. That's not it. I'm, there's things that 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 I, I think may be going on in order to kind of I don't want to say trick the public, but and this isn't a right wing or left wing thing at all. It's it's got more to do with sports actually. Um, I, I want to like record it with a timestamp. So if this comes to fruition, I'll be able to say okay. I said this, but I didn't want to put this out here because I, I think I might be hip to what's going on um, with regard to sports, at least the team sports. And it just, it really concerns me. Um, the, the, I don't even, I'm, I'm more, it's an amazing thing that I'm more comfortable talking about something as brutal as the George Floyd situation and the ensuing unrest, protests, rioting, and so forth than I am the pandemic. And it's not that I'm not comfortable talking about it. It's just like, it's just like, I just, I talk about it and go, God, I can just, cause I can just picture like the shit, you know? Um, which I guess is a good thing in the sense that everybody is united on the Floyd thing. Well, not everybody, because I'm sure those who aren't just aren't talking, but so many people are. Uh, the pandemic thing is still like this thing that, well, you know, jury's still out on it. And then you just go, okay, you just go, holy shit. But, you know, I, of course, I'm still communicating with people in the medical profession. And there is a major concern that when the flu season comes around, that the, the thing that people were worried about and then the flattening of the curve in March and April is going to, it's going to be a real problem. Um, and that is something that when you combine when is flu season oh october november december and then you combine what i worry could be happening in november i can't help 
And people, oh, you're fear monger. Oh, you're peddling. I, I'm not. It's, shit. It's a. It's a. It's as I said back in March. Who wants the coronavirus to be something that destroys us? Well, people who don't want Trump reelected. That's that's like the insta call thing. <laughs> and it's just like I, I, I personally will not be voting for Donald Trump. There's just no circumstance in which I'll be voting for Donald Trump. But I want Donald Trump to be successful with the coronavirus, with leading the country during the unrest, whatever it is. I just don't. It just doesn't matter. It, that's just, and I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but when I'm talking about this stuff, I'm not going, well, if we do go into a depression and if we continue to have riots, maybe he loses the White House. Fuck. Same thing I say every week. Give me four more years of Donald Trump as opposed to this shit. That's fine. And then some people say, well, he's the cause of it. And I just, that's the, these are these rabbit holes I'm not interested in going down. My overall premise is this is what I think. This is what I worry about. It's not attempting to get people to buy in. This is what I think. If you don't agree, that's totally cool. I'm not running for office. I'm giving you my opinions. You have sought out the podcast. This is what I think. Now, if you disagree, you're welcome to. But as you know, I'd like to try to engage people in more of a civil discourse way. So do it. And in dissent. Uh, you're welcome to do so. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Tim, enjoyed the Alvin Mack interview yesterday. Not surprised you saved this conversation for the podcast. Out of this whole George Floyd situation, I've learned two specific things. In the conversation with Alvin yesterday, you pointed out that a lot of the social media posts around the subject are just for likes. If I am off base with what you said, I apologize. That is accurate, so uh, you don't have to apologize. You are correct. Alvin said he thought they were positive overall because they helped the conversation. Big Cat, uh, it's in reference to, pardon my takes, uh, Big Cat, uh, Barstool fame, said the same thing you did on PMT in their conversation with Arian Foster. And then Arian Foster seemed to have the same reaction as Alvin, which was interesting. Although I still will probably not post myself, it was interesting that both Alvin and Arian appeared to like most posts, whether they had true intent or not, because it elevates the conversation that needs to be had. I have to say, the overwhelming number of posts in one direction does seem to be raising the conversation, even in friend and family circles, which is positive. Of course, there's still the negative posts, but the number of people posting and people posting who usually don't post about this stuff seems to have increased dramatically. Number two, prior to this, my thought process on racism, which is maybe sad or too complacent, was the thought that there has been so much progress in the past 100 to 150 years. We need to continue to push for progress, but also understand until an older generation dies out, there may be a limit to the progress that is being made at some point the older generation still in power are stuck in their ways. Maybe living in downtown Chicago and really seeing this unfold firsthand has changed my perspective versus others in smaller areas. Still, I do think the conversation is louder, bigger, and maybe we will see some more needed change in a quicker manner. Final thoughts. The neighborhood I live in in Chicago is pretty wrecked. Although I'm sad about this, I think the protests are necessary. I would like to think the damage is only done by a few, but the majority of the protesters are peaceful and well-intended. Similarly, I think most cops are well-intended, but there are a few bad apples that cause damage. Seems like a pretty simple concept that should only apply to everything. But as always, many will only focus to the point that supports their agenda. Just my thoughts. Enjoy the show. Thanks, Sultan of Duck Butter. I I, want to isolate because a lot of that stuff, I think, in a sense, we've already talked about. But I do want to isolate on um, something that I know uh, I saw posted on the fan page in the questions from the audience thread. 
that uh, Timmy recaps, uh, who posts or asks questions for questions from the audience, and often asks great ones. Um, posted, and I'll, I'll, this is a good time for me to read that. I just have to scroll through to uh, to find it, and I added a Gabby Carter picture to. Uh, to trigger my memory when I see it. Boy, we must have had a lot of posts on the fan page because I can't find the damn thing for the life of me. I got it. You got it? Uh, You want to read what he said? Go ahead and bring the heat. With complete respect and acknowledgement for what's happening right now, I don't believe that each and every brand, celebrity, and entity with a platform is obligated to speak out on the issue. Most of what I've seen comes off as disingenuous, exploitive, and opportunistic. I don't need my favorite restaurant or movie franchise Twitter account to release a statement. Yeah, and he uh, he categorized that as opinion, and I agree. Like I agree. Period. It's my responsibility to expound um, because he's because he's talking about something I brought up with Alvin. Uh, I don't listen to part of my take. Um, I heard it. Oh, so you heard it. Yeah. So what was what was the background? So Big Cat was saying he doesn't get why all these like companies and teams are issuing statements, and Arian right. Foster said, I like it. Yeah, Arian Foster and Alvin Mack said similar things. Uh, just it brings more awareness, and for that reason, they think it's positive. I personally find it cringeworthy. Like, I, I recognize it right away. Yeah, that's where I am, Pete. But, but, it, but I mean, but here, here the, we have two African-American guys who, who yeah. like it, even though they know a lot of it's vapid. And that was something I took away from Alvin yesterday. When he said that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, I'm just, that's not a hill I'm going to die on now, you know, because it really does bother me. I find it really cringeworthy. But if people that are living through this feel that it helps the cause, then I'm all for it. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah, it's like like the thing that goes on, and again, it's it's like focusing on like the one text, you know, it, mm-hmm. that you can't. But like, you know, like Tiger Woods issued a statement, and then what happens is you have this like point oh oh one percent of Twitter that then feels they're the judge and jury as to whether or not the statement was sufficient. Oh man! And I just want to tell them to go fuck themselves so hard. You should read Joe Burrow's tweet, like the comments underneath it. Joe Burrow, he he grew up in uh, a neighborhood like a poor economic neighborhood in Ohio, right? And uh, so he he uh, he just tweeted his support basically, and then the comments underneath it are just ridiculous. People bashing him. And what were they bashing? They're just for? picking out the words that he used and like saying he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's a white guy, like all kinds of different things. God Almighty! And it's just I, like I mean, I just, it's yeah, just like. I, w- why do you waste your time on that? Like the message yeah. was positive and good, and, and yeah. these people just—I'm sure a lot of them are bots. Just go to town on it. Yeah, I agree with that. I really do. Uh, I just—it's I, like the apology, and then you judge the apology. Was the apology good enough? You know, I mean, I just—I th- 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 just—I hate it. I just see—you know—I see it. I'm just going, okay. Did we really need you know this person to, but? You know, I guess in the in a whole scheme of things, is there any harm done by it? No, I guess. I don't know. I haven't really like gone into like the the tank to think if there is any harm done by it. I'm just more. You know, it's like I don't know. It's like like shit. What I see with like you know, I don't know. Trying not to get into a spot where I take <laughs> it off the rails, but you know, just when I see things on Twitter and I know the people and I know it's just bullshit. You know, I mean, it's just such bullshit. It's so fake. It's so obvious. It, like, to me, I'm going, how the fuck do you not know that this is bullshit? Like, this is a fraud thing. 
But, you know, people, oh, wow, that's a great thing. I'm just going, okay, fine, fuck it. I guess it didn't really matter. It doesn't impact my life. Unless all of a sudden then people are like, well, Tim, how come you haven't issued a statement? You know, <laughs> or how come Inside STL's Twitter account hasn't fired off a statement? You know, and then, it, then no matter what, then you'll have a few people going, wow, that was weak. You know, denounce the president. Denounce, you know, Lida Cruson or something like that. You know, I, ah, yeah. I thought, and again, it, it, it said from a place of compliments really to Alvin Mack and to you, Pete, um, because what I was going to do was not what wound up happening, which was I was going to talk about on questions from the audience, and then what wound up happening with Alvin Mack and you coming back to make sure we recorded it was your guys' work. I thought it was a, a great thing. I loved it. I was very proud of that, but proud of it not in the sense of I did this, proud of it and like we stumbled into the right way to handle it. It wasn't a plan, but it wound up really being a positive considering how negative the situation is. And in me writing something, of course it's going to get likes, you know, but, but I, that's, I'm just, I'm not in the business of likes, not in the business of retweets, not in the business of followers. And people might say, well, that's bad for business. Well, then fine. It's bad for business. I don't, it's not what I want to do. It's not how I've done whatever I've done. I don't want to do that shit. I don't, I barely ever tweet. Um, maybe that'll change. I don't know. I certainly don't see now as being the time to come out of <laughs> retirement. Uh, so what was a way that I could help, you know, help in a sense. And I thought what wound up happening was great, even though I didn't do it. You know, I just was the guy talking to Alvin and we had the platform to do it. But I sure as hell, like if I just like, like wrote something like, you know, essentially it is racism is bad. You know, I mean, and it's like, oh, okay. I just, I don't know. And, but at the same time, it's interesting, as you said, and I thought it was eye opening. That Alvin, and then I wasn't aware of what Arian Foster said, uh, you know, that they're like, yeah, it, 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 there's a chance that it's complete bullshit, but it elevates the discussion. So, right. as you said, we got to pay attention to that because they would know from a perspective different than us. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Uh, I just open it up. At the first sentence, I see Trump. And then in the next paragraph, I see racist, xenophobic, fascist, imbecilic. <laughs> but I don't know what it's. I mean, I'm just like, oh, all right. Let's just see what we got. Tim, you can consider this a QFTA. Now that Trump has literally gassed his own citizens for a photo op, what are the odds now he refuses to leave office? I never thought anyone who voted for him was automatically racist, xenophobic, fascist, or imbecilic. I knew they hated Hillary from decades of right-wing agitprop. Am I pronouncing that right? Is this a word? Am I just like a moron and don't know it? I can't see the word, Tim. Yeah, I get A-G-I-T-P-R-O-P. I'm typing it in. I bet it's a word, and I just don't know. Yeah, it is a word. All right, what do we got here? Define political propaganda, especially in art or literature. Okay, so we know we're not that we didn't know we were coming from before I even started reading. So Trump was the lesser of two evils. I did and still do believe Trump is the choice of racists slash fascists and xenophobes, and so I could never vote for him. But after four years of this chaos and deliberate division where the president actively pours gasoline on the nation's fires, why do the supposedly non-racist fascist people still support him? Uh, and, and I see the name, but that did not say you can read my name. It just says sent from my iPhone. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, had I had I been in a spot where I read through these in advance, I wouldn't have read that. And that's not because I'm like, oh, I don't want to touch it. It's just like, you know, I, I don't really think that's the tone we've set on this thing. And may, I'm sure there's some people going, oh my God, you're talking about it. that's the tone you set. But, uh, 
is there anything that I can take from it and then actually address? Well, I mean, like the thing of, you know, I still think if you voted for him, it's racist, xenophobic, racist or fascist. And I go back to, and I, maybe it's a default position. I know we talked about it with Alvin, but my mom and your mom, Pete, yeah. who I, I'm, I, I've never met your mother, uh, based on the way that you talk about being raised. Great lady. What's up, Vicky? Vicky, is she, is she a lister? No, she's down in <laughs> Alabama. So, she's still got a shout out. And my mom, uh, that I know how much. And if anything, I'm kind of like, now that I know dynamics better, the fact that my mom did come for money, even though it's like a running joke that my dad's the one who got me all my jobs. Uh, my dad's South City, man. Thalosen, Bishop's Place, Vienna, Tam Avenue. Those are the streets. And, uh, and you know, my mom did grow up in a very nice part of town, went to visitation, and it was just very clear, not only with uh, with race, but with uh, with sexuality, you know, um, that uh, sexual orientation. She was a, you know, a master's in theater at Indiana University. So, you know, it wasn't like it was a lot of straight guys performing in the <laughs> musicals in the 60s and 70s. So, uh, you know, that's just it's just how we but, but you don't if you don't know any better you don't know any better so in a sense I don't fault people but I think what what one of the emails that we've read talking about the older generation dying off it makes it out to be it's the old people who are the ones who are the bigots and I got to tell you something that's not where it is it's not where it's all is anyway so that's not that's not that's not I just it's not not only is it not fair to say I would I would disagree with it uh, I would disagree with that but what Pete and I have said about our moms, and I don't know. Are you? Would you imagine your mom voted for Trump? Oh yeah, definitely. Just for I, that one reason. Yeah, for what I was about to say, the pro-life thing, right? Right. Right, and that's where my mom is too. I know. And if if Trump were voting as a Republican, but if he were pro-choice, I realize that's at this moment probably impossible for somebody to run as a Republican and be pro-choice, but for president anyway. But I don't think she would have supported him. That's where she is. I also know she's not a racist. Like, I know she's not a racist. It's not even like, oh, God, yeah, there have been a few. It's, it's just not there. It's not even like there's not a sliver of it. Um, and so. Likewise. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. That, and that's, you know, and I don't just think of, the, you know, your mom, my mom, when I'm talking about this. I know there are a number of people who would fall into that category. So I just, I, I push back on that. Um, not that this necessarily is one that we would really dive deep into. I, I will say, I, I, I don't I, I, I guess this, um, let me ask you this, Pete, and, and again, it's, it, it can be prisoner of the moment, but I mean, we talk about it throughout the process. I always do the odds. I guess I'll look them up while. I feel like there is a better chance that Donald Trump is not reelected now than I felt two months ago. Yeah, How do I mean, you feel about that? I would agree there's a better chance he's not. I still think if you had the election today, he's probably back. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would agree with that. It's the first time, though, I've felt that way. Um, I guess, period, actually. Because since the moment he was elected in 16, I always felt like he was going to be reelected in 20. Um, and, I've, you know, it's documented I've said that. Uh, let me take a look at the, the Bovada odds. And the Bovada odds, by the way, are not science. I mean, I'm just giving you the odds. And they, but man... I don't think you participated in the discussion. Where I was talking about my Val Demings bet. Yeah, I put that, that article in the on the links today. 
I don't know if that you she saw is that. now. It's either. Like, yeah, I, like I saw it. I just, I just, I, because I didn't want to get into. I just wanted to know, piss you <laughs> off. <laughs> but I did see it. That there was the article was uh, Joe Biden has to take either Kamala Harris or or Val Demings, and from my standpoint, you take Val Demings um, because you, strategic reasons. If all things are equal, now don't you don't just do things for strategic reasons. See John McCain, two thousand eight. But um, if all things are equal. Uh, so Trump is uh, down to minus 115. He was minus 125, so it has he's still favorite, but it's minus 115. Biden's plus 105. Uh, who do you think is in third, Gangster Pete? I have no idea. Hillary Clinton. Never understand right. it. But she, every time I look at Bovada, I'm just like, what are they? What are they? Are they aware of something? Hillary Clinton plus 4,000. Andrew Cuomo plus 8,000. Michelle Obama plus 8,000. Mike Pence plus 8,000. Nikki Haley plus 15,000. The latest on the vice presidential uh, odds uh, for Biden's running mate, Kamala Harris plus 150, Val Demings plus 400. And for those of you not familiar with why I bitch about this, and by the way, Keisha Lance Bottoms, who was not even on the board as of a week ago, went from plus 1,800 now to plus 900. Um, so she has shot up the, uh, and, and she's only behind Elizabeth Warren, Demings, and Harris. So uh, Stacey Abrams plus 1,100, Michelle Obama plus 1,400. Um, if Joe Biden were to, I don't say select Michelle Obama as his vice presidential running mate, I'm saying get Michelle Obama as his vice, because I think, I think he would do it in a heartbeat. I don't think she will do it. Do you think better. Michelle Obama could just win it on her own? Yes, I do. So um, I, don't, I, I think she would do that before she accepted a vice presidential role. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, my, my, I guess my premise being, I, I don't think she's running, right. period, yeah, vice president or president. And I'm, what, I guess what I'm saying is I see her always around in these odds, and she's not listed um, uh, as a likely presidential candidate, but she is like listed as the fifth most likely vice presidential running mate. And I just don't think she, I mean, maybe, maybe it's, it's always been like this thing that they've wanted to, to, to roll out and have it be a big surprise. And or the books want you rallies. to put money on her because she's popular. Yeah, I just can't figure out, figure it out. But anyway, Demings was plus three thousand, and uh, I uh, put in a hundred dollar bet. And Bovada said the bet's under review, and then I followed up with emails, which I've saved. And they go, well, "What's the reference number for the bet?" And I'm like, it, 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 "You said it was under review." And then the, then the odds went to plus two thousand. Then I think they, and I think I put fifty bucks on, so I still would win a thousand if she is. Uh, but I should win in three thousand, and I put it in. And uh, and now she is at plus four hundred, the second most likely, <laughs> and I'm just tilting over the whole thing because it's like they didn't respond, and they don't, and then when they do, they're they're out as well. Do you have the reference number? And it's like when you call a customer service place yeah. and you talk to somebody and you have no idea who the name was, and they go, "Well, can you tell us who you spoke with?" It's like you know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You know you're gonna, we're going to say, "Well, I don't know," and then make us feel like we're wrong. Um, but yes, Val Demings at this point is the second most likely. And I bet, you know, the people listening to this, most people have no idea who she is. She is a representative, uh, African-American, uh, representative from, uh, Florida. All right. What do we have here? Um, Tim, I had an interesting conversation with some friends over the weekend with everything going on in the world. Well, this is good. This kind of gets us into a different topic, uh, but using what's going on right now to get into a different topic. One big topic was social media and how it, it's, how it, it itself has evolved from its earlier days. A few of my friends who are cute guys, what a nice. wonderful email, Hi. a few of my friends who are cute guys 
do have kids all under seven or eight. My wife and I do not. We are all in our low to mid-30s for reference in terms of us being uh, the first generation to sort of grow with social media. My big point of topic was when my wife and I do have a kid or kids, if we are fortunate enough to, that I am absolutely terrified of raising a child or children in a social media age. Regarding being a hopeful parent someday, it's my biggest fear by far. It's not going anywhere and only going to grow and evolve. At this point, it's tough to see Twitter and Facebook specifically evolve back to their original roots, sharing pics of what you had for lunch and posting photos from the college party the night before. I know you're some years away from this with your son, but have you thought of this? What those conversations look like when they come up? Any idea of what age you'd be comfortable with Jameson getting his first phone? My first cell phone was the old Nokia that just had snake on it. (laughs) It's a nice reference. Uh, And that was it. Uh, Now with a smartphone, a teenage kid or younger who is just wrapping his or her mind around who they are, has access to a world of views, agendas, etc. It's from Al in Dadeville. Um, Side note, not for uh, the purpose of the podcast, but I'm all aboard the train when you punch the purchase of the radio station over the goal line. Your views of the industry and vision for the station with various revenue streams and overall business acumen are incredibly insightful and forward-thinking. I enjoy when you get into that stuff on the show. I've been selling for a Fortune 500 company for nearly a decade now, and it's a hell of a spot to not align morally with your company's vision slash thought process slash ethics. I'm at a crossroads with it, really. If you so much as need a janitor for the building or someone to unlock the doors every day, man, I'm in. Well, that's very kind. Um, yeah, with uh, – well, I'll, I'll address that part first. Um, you know, there, there was an article in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch this past Friday. Um, we did talk about it on the radio show. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast because the only podcast we've done since has been this one, have been this one, and the interview with Alvin Mack, and obviously we didn't talk about it there. And, um, you know, in a normal situation, uh, you don't talk about uh, your house until you live in it, so to speak. And, um, you know, but in this case, Dan Caesar of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch was aware of uh, a letter intent. uh, And so it's something that we are working on. But it is, you know, there there are a number of things that have to take place between now and the time of closing. Um. But because it was put out there, um, you know, I, I felt like it would be, uh, it would just be, it would disingenuous is the word I use, but just wrong, even though I don't know what context I'm using the word wrong in, to not talk about it. And so I talked around it, I, I think, with what I wrote on on the fan page and what I, and then I made sure to read that on the radio show, because that way I would have something where I wouldn't get off, uh, off, off the topic and, and you know, go against uh, anything, uh, Gangster Pete. When you, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew an article was coming out or not. I can't recall if we had talked about it. You guys, for the record, for the background, uh, for the listeners, you always get a little something more on the podcast than you get on <laughs> TMA. Uh, I texted you guys, uh, and by you guys, I mean you, Iggy, the Plowhawk, Doug, and Gang, uh, and the Cat. Um, within shit i don't know i I, i'll say 10 minutes i think it might have been five minutes of finding out that the letter of intent had been signed right um but it was not something that i thought was going to be written about in the post dispatch until dan caesar the post dispatch called me and i said dan i can't i i can't i cannot comment on it i can't comment on i understand you're going to write about it and i can't do anything about that 
Um, but I can't comment on it, and there are reasons for that. But but either way, we haven't closed on it. So I'm curious, because I know you'll sharpshoot me, and I enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> if you disagree with me, I prefer that. Um, what did you think of the situation with how to handle it? If you were in my spot, what would you have done in that situation? I mean, I would have done the same thing. I mean, there's still there's still negotiations going on to close the deal like before the deal is closed i wouldn't be commenting on it to the paper uh right. i wouldn't want to say anything people could use against me uh so i mean once the deal closes then you can say whatever you want right so and, 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 uh, there's no upside really that and that's exactly what you know i have so many as and you know them mm-hmm. uh the people involved in this who advise me um which really is so important i can't i can't God, if I were ever to like talk about this type of stuff, like from an entrepreneurial standpoint and having nothing to do with broadcast or podcast or radio or whatever, it would be surround yourself if you can. I realize if you're starting up, you might not be in a position to surround yourself. It's not like I'm surrounded, but I have multiple people I bounce things off of who are credentialed. And by that, I mean have experience. They're not just like my friends. Um, it's just so helpful. It's it's a different spot than I was in when we started CBS Sports 920. That is for sure. And they will dissent. And I'm and when I say that, I think dissent sometimes comes with a connotation of, um, like there is dissent in the locker room, and that's not what I mean. I'm talking about. I understand where you're coming from. I totally disagree. Here's why. Or I just think this is a big mistake. Here's why. That I love that. I think that's so fucking healthy. I think it would be so unhealthy if I if, if and I'm not talking about me. It take me out of it. If you if you surrounded yourself with people and only said yes, because then all of a sudden you're making moves that that people may know are wrong, but they they're not comfortable enough with you to to voice their concern that they they feel like they'll get fired, for example, if they dissent. And so that's why with this specific topic here, Pete, and asking your opinion, which I realize. You know, if it was somebody who didn't feel comfortable enough, they might go, Tim, whatever you did was the greatest thing ever. Uh, I know you'll say, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I would maybe wouldn't. And so I, when Dan Caesar, the Post-Dispatch, called me, I bounced it off of some of these uh, people who, you know, I seek their their consultation. And they're just like, first off, here's why. And I said, I know why. But then secondly, you know, it's not it's not it's not in the end zone. I mean, that's that's the reality. And. And that's, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not, that all parties are moving in the same direction. You just never know what's going to happen until it's done, period. I mean, with the sales staff, um, back when we were controlling, you know, radio at, at 920, and this came, this came from my dad, uh, never come back and tell your sales manager or the president of the company or whatever that you signed a big deal if you don't have a signed contract, which sounds kind of basic. But when you bring in circumstances, if you do think you're about to land a big deal, you're excited about it. It's human nature for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a veteran of it or if you're, or you're new to the game. And so you want to share it with people. But unless you have a signed contract, you don't have a deal. And that's reality. So that's how I, I mean, I've, I got to practice what I preach. So, you know, I'm able to talk about the reasoning for where we are. But again, it's not done. And while if you asked me if I think it's going to get done, I would tell you yes, uh, it's not yet. And so, therefore, um, it's an awkward spot. But at the same time, I think it would have been weirder if I wouldn't have talked about it at all. That would have been weirder. So, you know, neither one were great options, but I chose the one that I thought was what the audience 
would want and has come to expect, and that is, you know, if there's an elephant in the room, you talk about it. And so talked about it as much as I can and, and then explain as to why we're not going full into it. And I told this to the, the Post-Dispatch. I said, if and when we do close on it, I'll answer whatever questions you want. I'll sit for three hours. I'll, talk, I'll go on another million local podcasts and talk about it. Whoever wants to talk about it, I'll talk about it. Um, because if it does happen, you know, it'll be it'll be something we can talk about what we're going to do and what our vision is and so on and so forth. But right now, I'd be talking about a house I don't own and how I'm going to to redesign it with 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 and with whom I'm going to redesign it. And that that isn't right. It's just not right. Um, with regard to the social media thing, um, it scares the hell out of me. That's as uh, concise as I can be. It scares the hell out of me. It scares the hell out of me for two reasons. Um, I am so, and I guess, you know, this is all parents and I'm just experiencing it for the first time. I am so in love with my son um, that I don't want to see him get hurt, but I know he's going to get hurt, and that hurts me. Um, and by that, I mean I'm not talking about physical injuries. Uh, that, that unfortunately, of course, is going to happen. I'm talking about knowing what it's like to feel shit on social media. Um, and I hate that for him because that actually, to me, is worse than the physical injuries. Of course, that's relative. Certain physical injuries, of course, are infinitely worse than social media shade. But I hate that. I hate that. I hate it. And I wish I, I, maybe it's not good for me to say it because then people know what my weak spots are. But uh, I hate it. And I, as, as uh, Alan Dadeville points out, um, I, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like it's going to, go back to what it was it's only going to get worse i mean it kind of was what we were talking about with regard to companies making statements and then people shitting it's just it's a, it's it's angry it's brutal um and i i hate it i hate it uh, at the same time and i think my wife and i differ on this she's upstairs maybe I should bring her down here i am and this probably doesn't surprise people at all but i am more comfortable with going okay you know like, like he, you know, we're, you know, I say fuck so much that he starts saying fuck. And I go, ah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and then I go, well, maybe <laughs> now he's saying it so much. Like, like his, like his blocks fall over and he goes, fucking damn it. And I go, <laughs> I go okay, maybe I, maybe I, I, but here's the thing. I don't know how to like, like I'm trying to attempt to talk these things out logically, which of course are, you know, which a fool's errand, but it's like, you know, I can say it. You can't say it. And I'm like, I don't even believe this shit. I think you can say it, but I guess I got to say you can't say it. I don't know what the, I don't know how to explain this because I don't believe it. I, I see nothing wrong with you saying it. But the problem is when you roll into preschool and you start saying fucking damn it, when the blocks fall over, it's going to be a problem. And I and then so I got to like navigate this shit, um, you know, and talking about sex. I'm not like, oh, my God, he just discovered he has a dick. You know, it's like, yeah. Good. Don't don't be. You know, I was in the spot growing up where it's like my mom would stand in front of the TV if the you know like oh, the, the 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 tits popped out in the shower scene in La Bamba. You know, Doc and Hollywood. it's just like, who, who was that? Doc Hollywood. It, it also did happen in Doc Hollywood. Jennifer Warner. Am I right? I I don't know her name. Beautiful though. But I can Isn't see her she? in my head forever. Beautiful. She also was in Tommy Boy. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that. And I and sometimes I wonder if my. Uh, I don't know, 
comfort level with talking about sexuality is in, in, in some capacity a rebellion against the repression that I experienced growing up. You know, I don't know. I'm well, people are welcome to psychoanalyze all day. Um, but I wonder about, so I just would like, yeah, have at it and enjoy the fuck out of yourself, but wear a condom, you know, that's, that's, that's my message. And I'm sure my wife's going to be like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You know? (laughs) So this is, this is where I am. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. That's where, that's how I view these things. We got to figure it out with the schools. I get asked about the schools. I feel like about once a month on here. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I remember saying it like within a few weeks after he was born. And I said something that I think Doug was like, what? And I said, I think it's very important for him not to have religion in his life, <laughs> which is like the exact opposite of what you usually hear. And I, listen, the teachings of religion, yeah. I am all for. What did you say, Pete? Those are good. Yes. The, the actual teachings. Like if you read what Jesus Christ says in the New Testament, they're beautiful words. They're really a roadmap on how to not only live, but how to treat people. But like hijacking those words to justify <laughs> being uncomfortable with the, the bottom in the grove, you know, I'm not on board with, you know, or back in the day. Well, you know, you, you can't be integrating. Like based on what? what the, where where do you figure that out? You know, we're going to go into shellfish too? So I'm, I'm, you know, but it's not just limited to Christianity. Take your pick. There are, the teachings are beautiful. The teachings are beautiful. But I don't want, I don't want the, the dogma. That's what I don't want. And so to circle it back to the social media, it scares the shit out of me. I hate, I hate it. It scares the shit out of me. If I'm still doing this stuff when he's of age, whatever of age means, I know he'll catch shit. Uh, the cat has asked if I would coach his teams, you know, as if I'm some athletic wonder. But, you know, obviously a lot of the parents who coach weren't athletic wonders themselves. I'm like, no, because I know that inevitably there'll be some moms who'll be like, oh, yeah, well, his show, they talk to the porn stars. And, I, and, I, and listen, while I totally am like, okay, stupid, I also understand it. And so I don't even want to bring it into play. So I won't. Um, I'll, of course, go to the games and go to the practices, but I just don't even want to, I don't even get in. So I don't know if he'll experience that. I, 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 overall, I hate it, but at the same time, I don't think it's realistic to shelter him from it. And so I would rather talk about it, even though I realize that he, he can't fully comprehend and understand it. I would rather talk about it. And, and that's, that's how I plan to do it. And, you know, I'm sure plenty of parents are going, oh, you can't do that. And here's why, you know, because they have people who are kids who are 10, 12 years old and they're they're in it. Whereas I'm, you know, I'm still getting ready in the locker room. But um, I do. To answer the question, I'm absolutely uh, concerned. Gangster Pete, as always, I know you don't have any children. How do you view it from the non-parenting standpoint? I mean, I think we all miss the days when you just talk shit in the schoolyard and then you get to go home. So now you got the social media that's 24 hours a day. That sucks. Uh, it's going to be shitty for the kids, but at the same time, you better get used to it because it's not going anywhere. So you better figure out how you're going to handle it with your kids because uh, it's going to be there. It's going to be yeah. a big part of their life. And, and, I, and I hate it, and I don't know what the thing will be. I mean, this time last year, I guess TikTok had started, but it wasn't uh, as mainstream as it is now. Um, you know, what will it be by the time he's 10? I have no idea. And I don't even know if that's the right age. Maybe it's even earlier. I have, I have no clue. Um I remember hearing a story of one of my friends got a, got his daughter a phone in first grade. Oh boy! 
you know, I mean, it's it's just if I don't know. Um, I don't, but I don't, I don't know. Listen, the answer is I don't know. But with whatever topic that I think that some people would go, oh, I'm uncomfortable with that. I would rather go. Okay, here it is. Let's talk about it as opposed to like I mean, right now. Here's here's what I'm dealing with right now, which I'm sure a number of people who have kids who are two, three, four years old may be getting this question. Dada, why does that man have a mask on? Okay. Well, I mean, am I going to break down COVID-19? But, you know, but I'm also not like, oh, this is so sad. Or when we're watching television and and you have video of of riots or police because they're wearing masks. Masks are scary to kids. Uh, I didn't remember this, but I think they were to me, you know, 40 years ago and uh, that hasn't changed 40 years later. And you see, you know, whether it be the people protesting with masks on or the police in riot gear and you see fire and so on and so forth, you get asked questions and you do your best with it and, and answer it as opposed to, you know, flipping the channel. Um, but, but the other thing is on that, what are my experiences? And I really, I always, anytime that we talk parenting, I'm talking about my own son and my own experiences. I don't want pro tips from parents. I don't, I just don't, I guess, I mean, they get them. I can just delete them real quick and not even fuck with them, but I just don't want it. Uh, and I never want to do it to people either. I'm just telling you my own experiences, um, from my personal upbringing and what I think is right for my son and you know I recognize you know somebody saying I really think it's important to not have religion in his life I am in a minority here but uh but kids get scared by shit that you're like oh I didn't even cross my mind that that would be scary you know and then it can become a form of nightmares and I again you know I'm thinking okay well this is good he's you know taking all this in as far as like the stupid shit YouTube videos I'm not even talking about the the rioting uh, in the protests, I'm talking about that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's eye-opening. I'm learning, just like everybody else does, on the job. And things that I don't think anything of can be things that, that you know, in his mind become scary, even though I know that they're not. Um, and so I am aware of it, and I'm sure my methods will change. But to answer the question, there it is. And also, by the way, Alan Dadeville, with regard to if you so much as need a janitor for the building or someone to unlock the doors every day, man, I mean, it, one of the great things that's happened uh, since that article and, you know, the limited amount we talked about it on the radio show is it's clear how many people are pulling for us um, and how many people want to be a part of it. That is, that's, you know, I don't know, it's a, that's a great compliment and I guess it means that people get it. Uh, not everybody, I, you know, but but... Um, that, that means a lot. Um, and we certainly, I mean, listen, where, where I'm coming from, if this all happens, we need to, uh, you know, in, increase, uh, the number of people on our sales staff. Um, so, you know, one of the people who, who works with me and has worked with me for, you know, more than a year now on this whole venture, um, you know, said it's not a case of, you know, you have so many people who live for your guys show and the podcast and the content that you create, you know, those are the people you want out there selling your product because they know it, they get it. Yep. And, and, and I'm like, I actually couldn't agree with you more. You know, we, listen, when it comes to our GM, uh, you know, that, you can't just put somebody who's a fan in that spot. This, you know, person, assuming this all happens, who's had, you know, God, I don't even know, I guess 20 years of, uh, media experience and selling radio in St. Louis and so on and so forth. But, um, 
you know, when it comes to the people who learn the game, and that's where you can make, I mean, if somebody were asking me, how do you make money in radio right now? I would say sales or podcasting. Sales. Don't get me wrong. As a talent, you can certainly make money. But there are more people in sales making real money uh, than there are people who are coming out of school and going, okay, I want to get into hosting a show. So with that said, if that's something that appeals to people, email me at tmckernan at insidestl.com. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Tim, I'll apologize for the length of this in advance, and if you want to edit it, if you read it on QFTA, I don't blame you. I went longer than I planned to. I have a group of about 10 friends who love TMA and have listened going back to our time in high school. We all found out about it through word of mouth, and we've never looked back. Now we're all in our mid-late 20s with some guys still living in St. Louis and the others living around the country, but we still group text about the show since we all listen. Those of us with Facebook accounts are on the fan page. Most of us never post, but we read it and feel like some of the characters on the fan page are like some of the characters on the show. Ever since you guys talked about how a lot of people on the fan page aren't even fans of the show or actually want to see drama for the show, a couple of us have been paying close attention to it. Nothing against Plowsy, but if he were the only one saying it, if he were the only one saying it, I don't think we would have taken it as seriously. But all of you guys talked about it, and you went a little deeper into the phenomenon of people who listen to almost every episode, but they hate the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's like (laughs) it's like the scene in Private Parts when they talk about the people who hated Howard Stern listened longer than the people who loved him. A couple of us thought you guys were being dramatic and then last week happened and once one of my friends pointed it out we thought it was hilarious because it was so obvious (laughs) last week dan caesar writes a story that you're close to buying kfns who knows what's true and what's not but it was a good story for you guys and a lot of people who are respected in the industry were very complimentary of you and the way you run a business after all the shit you guys have been through for you to own the station would be the ultimate win for the show but then you post the link on the fan page, and the people who are usually the most active on the page ignored it. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. Some of these people live on that page. You guys have one of the biggest stories in show history. It's a page dedicated to the show, and then the most active posters ignore it. <laughs> wow. Pete, did you notice this? I know. I mean, I saw like I was, five was, or six hundred likes and, yeah, was, and a lot of kind words. I wasn't looking for it because I know it exists. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that part's true. Uh, so, two questions on this. Uh, number one, why do you think these people are on the page if they don't like the show? <laughs> and number two, how much does it bother you guys that the page has been taken over by politics and or people who don't really like the show? That comes from the Brentwood Forest Seed Rag, president of the Iggy Fan Club. All right, so um, I don't know uh, how I could find the article, but I could have sworn it had like incredibly positive uh, responses. Well, yeah, I don't yeah, think they're negative. Because, like he said, most of his friends, they all listen to the show, they're on the fan page, but they never post. And that's what, right. that's how most people are. I would agree with that. I mean, there's 7,139 members. Um, so, uh, you know, and I don't know how many people post. I mean, I I guess I I probably could find the metric. I don't know, but, but either way. Um, so, uh, 
Yeah, I would agree that, you know, of the of the 7,000, how many actually post? I mean, shit, I don't know. What are we talking about? Five to eight percent? So, yeah, and I think a lot of it for people is they don't want to wind up getting, like, you know, ganged up on or just deal with it. And, and just don't do it. I'm sure the people are playing it. Like, I'm, I'm members of a variety of groups that I don't post on. I just use to read. Or, you know, and I'm shit. I read Twitter, but I don't, as I said earlier, I don't tweet. Uh, so the questions, uh, why do you think these people are on the page if they don't like the show? Gangster Pete, what do you think? I mean, they have no lives. That's why. Oh, I mean, if you're on the show or you're on the the show page, commenting all the time, and you don't like the show, I mean, you have no hobbies, you have no life. I mean, that is your hobby. I, I guess I, I I don't I I want to try to like dis- dissect it because I don't know if I necessarily agree with the premise that they don't like the show, or they might not like a certain person. You think exactly? I think that I think it's more they don't like the me. Hate, they hate listen. Yeah, well, I think I, they like. I think they like the show, well, but they don't, think don't it's like you. I think there's all kinds. Of, like certain people like certain people don't. Right. Like well, no, I, and I, I agree. I agree with that. So, so in this case, this this could be taken as a thing that was a positive for me. And so, then if you don't like me, then you don't support that because it's me. When in reality, as you know, in April we almost lost a couple more members of the show, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. You know, and let me make this clear, because I'm not Captain Save-A-Ho here. This is not a, oh, I'm buying the station. to. Sh-. That's not it, because I, I, I can't do that. I mean, this is this that that would be terrible business that you can't base business moves on that. Uh, so let me make that clear. Uh, but you guys, you especially, Pete, um, because you're in the tank with me on this thing. Um, and you've heard it discussed on the podcast multiple times. Uh, you know the background, but I mean, as does, you know, everybody on TMA are well aware of it. I remember walking around the area I lived in in Jupiter. Uh, so this goes back to March. Uh, it had to because I left there March 27th and was it spent all afternoon on the phone with, with each person on, on TMA to lay out the situation because there was that was another defining moment. I mean, they're just they're all over the timeline. Oh, yeah. You know, you know they're just they're all over the place. Um, maybe that'll be if we do buy the station, one of the first podcasts. I'll, yeah, I'll just do that's that. That's a great maybe idea. <laughs> we start, and, I, and I'm not going to do it. For, it's, it'll be like the Portnoy caller daddy stuff. Here's what happened. Yeah, Th- no, this I mean, is I, it. I think that'd be awesome. Just get it. And I'm planning. I'm planning. I, 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 you know, I see some things coming, um, and I'm looking for if if I need to, I'm looking forward to handling them differently than we were at 9:20. And again, not personally, but here's the math. And then every, it's funny, like even somebody on TMA was going, well, I hope that doesn't happen. I go, well, here's the math. And he goes, oh, my God. And I go, yeah. <laughs> and like there's nothing else to say because the math is what the math is, yep. you know. And I guess maybe I'll still be a bad guy, the bad guy, whatever, in some corners. But it's like, oh, well, now I understand it. I still fucking hate him, though. But, you know, with regard to this, this particular thought process, I don't think... I don't even know if I don't even know if I can think of anybody on that page. Not that I read everything anyway, but anybody on the page who I think doesn't like the show. I guess they there have to be people on there who don't because you can't not have it when you have seven thousand people. I think it's a case like some people hate the plowhawk, some people hate the cat, some people hate Doug, or I don't know if they hate Doug so much as they hate his political views. Uh, I guess some people like to jab you. 
but I, I feel like you catch the least amount of hate. Do you feel it that way too? But I mean, I don't know. It'd be weird if you did catch a lot of hate since you're the least. You know, I mean, I, th- I talk. You don't talk I just as much. Shut it off. No big deal. Right. Well, I know it doesn't bother you, and I, that's not a case of somebody saying it doesn't bother them when it does. You really aren't bothered by it. But I don't know why somebody even would because you're not even. Um, but but anyway, of the five people who talk on the show often, um, it, you know, everybody has. So I understand that. So I don't know. I guess I kind of disagree with the premise of that they don't like the show. I think they don't like people or they cheer against certain people. Um, I, and I, you know, I, someday I would love it because there's, there's so many like anecdotes and or screenshots I've had of people, uh, you know, saying, hey, did you see what was posted on this page? Or, you know, look at this um, DM I received. Um, or, you know, one was, and I brought it up on, uh, the radio show, there was a golf outing and it became a bash Tim session, um, blaming me for the Plowhawks, uh, sabbatical in, as I said, there've been a lot of these. Yeah, that was uh, fucked up, Tim. What's that? That was fucked up what you did to Plowhawks. <laughs> Thank you, Gangster Pete. Uh, I think that was in 19. But you had an incident in 19 as well. Yeah. I think yours was first, but yours never got public. Right. And now since we're kind of like inside the five-yard line, I'm like, fuck it. We'll start talking about these things. Deep teasing. Um, yours was really fucked up too, Yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Really fucked up. Really, really, really fucked up. Like what I'm trying to tell you is some people who you think is a friend is an enemy. Uh, and it's and it, and it would fuck some people up to find out who – who and, and so on and so forth. So I don't know if I'm necessarily ever going to the names, um, right. but the circumstances um, will fuck some people up. The issue is we have so many like Buck Swope caliber detectives that they might be able to figure out the names. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to like back into that. But but anyway, uh, yeah. Pete Pete also uh, n- nearly went on a sabbatical. <laughs> I guess I don't think you ever did go on sabbatical. You nearly went on a sabbatical. Um, but uh, the, the the you know the blame I caught on that and and like and these guys who you know probably have the fan page club champion a lot of these guys will come running up to me hey and I'm like hey motherfucker I know what you did and I guess you don't know I know but I know I know you're so fucking fake and you're obsessed with me it's so fucking weird I'm a 43 year old father who like I'm like puts like 200 miles on his car a year because I don't go anywhere get off my you know? dick bro <laughs> but it's like. But I know it goes on. It's really weird because I see it. I actually see it. And then, like, this person was telling me about it. It's like, he's like, he's like, I'm, like I'm listening. And I'm like, this is really weird. These guys are, like, in their 30s and 40s. And they're, like, kind of, like, obsessed. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And he goes, he goes, but Doug's the most popular one on the show. He goes, no offense. And I go, no, I understand. And he, and he goes, but Doug doesn't get that. And I go, I don't know. Doug gets it, but it's more politics. It's a different thing. He goes, I don't, and I said, I don't know. I said, I'm just, it's been this way since the beginning of the show, and I don't really know why, or maybe it's been, maybe I feel it's been this way since the beginning of the show, but the perception that I run everything leads to me getting blamed for everything. I don't know. Um, I do know that if it does wind up happening, that I am now inviting that back in, and I'm not looking forward to it, but it's a juice outweighs the squeeze scenario that we really believe we have an opportunity to do something here, albeit not the greatest of circumstances economically, um, that I'm willing to go, okay, fine, fuck it, let's do it, and I know I'm going to catch shit for this. I mean, get some of the emails I've received already with uh, quote-unquote ideas 
uh, that would add about $3 million onto the budget of the radio station. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I understand. But, you know, at the same time, people are passionate about it. And, and now I'm in a spot, which is different than when we started 920, where it's like, okay, I'm glad that now I'm comfortable. And I think podcasting allows me to do this. You know, I listened to Eric and Ardini's thing, Pete. I yeah. think you told me you listened to that, right? Yep. Yeah. And she's talking about the Rogan She's thing great. and also the Call Her Daddy. I love that. And what Portnoy did with the Call Her Daddy, I loved it. Because it, it, I would have been turned off. I mean, I guess he went personal on the suit guy, the attorney. But, you know, as far as the people inside of his building or Erica's building, you know, it never got personal. It just was math. Because a lot of times when you part ways, it's not personal. It's math. It's always numbers. I could have somebody who I fucking hate and who fucking hates me but if they don't cause shit in the business and if they're bringing in money it would be ridiculous for me to part ways with the person so i just that's it's because it's, it's always math everybody that works math. for them appreciates it too like oh they, really is that right yeah like they they are all ride or die with dave and erica so, and, so that's the thing they know where I, they stand at all times and that's what i'm th- i mean i'm dead serious and again i'm kind of i'm kind of getting into the like how i would design the house if i if i moved into the house thing but I really want to do that. I want to do that. Not not like here it is on the fan page. Here's everybody's downloads to like shame people into like the comparison between what TMA does and what this podcast does and what everything else does. That's not because it's a, I'm a, in a weird spot. You know, Erica isn't on the air, you know. I mean, she, I realize she has a podcast. Um, Portnoy, I guess, I don't even know how much he does on the air anymore. Does he do a lot? I mean, they're, I they're, they're, the winner is P, PMT, right? I mean, that's the big winner. And I guess call yeah. her daddy before that. I think uh, Dave is on their Barstool Radio a lot, and then I know he does. He still does the pizza reviews like every day. So yeah, he's got that. That's that's a monster. Um, but the the premise being that everybody knows where they stand. Yeah. And it's like okay, you can go. Well, why the fuck? And it's got, that's just like with, um, it was with the cat. Just what the fuck? What does it matter? Uh, it's not like I'm saying what went on, uh, and it had nothing to do with us. But I was saying yeah, and here's here's the math. And he goes, oh my god. And I go, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even need to explain it. He saw the math, and yep. it's not like it needs to have the math explained. Here's the math, you know. Uh, and and I and I always I remember doing this though back in 2012, 2013, and we were in you know our quote-unquote boardroom it was our conference room downtown when we were in the uh in the locust offices 1900 locust and i was going through the numbers and i remember the look on my dad's face you know an old school guy uh, and he was our gsm general sales manager and i think he was just like i think he's like you just don't do that you don't talk about the numbers and i'm like but the numbers explain all the decisions and i want everybody to understand and also know where they are and here's how you can make more on top of it. And, and if you get let go or if you get cut, here's why you got cut. And I don't, I don't get why that's bad, you know. And obviously if somebody goes out and then they, you know, you know, cause shit, well, that's a different conversation. But numbers, that, the math is what the math is unless the math was calculated incorrectly. And then that's, that's, that's a me issue. So I like that. And I loved when... When Portnoy and Eric and Ardini talked about that with regard to Call Her Daddy, because people are like, OK, well, this is where it is. Now, it's a weird spot if you get into salaries. I don't know about that, unless Ooh. you have an understanding going forward. Um, Today, yeah. uh, Portnoy is going to be on Call Her Daddy. With so are they Alex. are they back? I don't even know. Are oh, they back? Oh, yeah. Alex did her first episode, first solo episode. 
Oh, just, so, okay. I, I had no idea this. Year. How about that? I had oh, no yeah. idea they were even back. So they're not back. Alex is doing it. Yeah, Alex did like an hour, and she just kind of explained the whole thing from her perspective. When was when did this come out? Uh, last Wednesday. Rock. Holy shit! How did I not know that? You probably sent it in the links, didn't you? Or is it Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday? One of the two. And then I guess this week, Portnoy is going to be going to be her guest. So I'm going to listen to that one for sure. Wow. Well, I got to listen. I got something to look forward to listening to. I'm surprised I didn't know. I'm just, but I mean, you know what? All last week with all this stuff going on, dead serious. I get done with the show, which I do in my basement, and I didn't leave my basement. I wouldn't leave my base. I played golf, and I'm just like, oh god, because you say golf and it automatically gets into like the class thing. Um, but you know, I'm just starting to get in a good spot and hadn't picked up a club for a week, which I'm sure some people are like, fuck you, a week? You're talking about. It. But as far as, like, I just had, it didn't have a chance to, to even hit balls because it had been raining. Because that, that can be an escape. Just, like, listen to podcasts while I hit balls. It's my favorite things to do. Family golf. Shout out. And um, and I had and I was just so fucking terrible because I hadn't had a chance to hit balls. It's amazing how the, the feel thing goes away. Yep. Shot like an 89. Just like an absolute dumpster fire around. But I'm, I mean, so yeah, I mean, maybe the world was talking about it, but I've been locked on on the on the KFNS thing, and I love it though. I mean, we're working on building now as opposed to other things, you know, uh, and that's that's a positive experience. So with regard to this question, I guess two questions. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, man. I can't think of anybody on that page who I feel like doesn't like the show. I think when there is a negative story about me uh, or the show or the station. Um, there will be like people I would describe as like sleeper cells that will emerge and like celebrate it. So I know that's on there, but I think they're still fans overall of the show, uh, but may not be fans of certain people on the show. That's how I would explain Yeah, I think that. you're probably right about that. And then Yeah, I just don't it, think there are people who are on there that are like, hate the show. I don't, but I mean, maybe it goes on. Fuck, I don't know. Cause I, yeah, I'll notice they'll start talking shit about somebody else on the show. And right. It, it, that's what... It just pisses me off. That's why I avoid it. It's like I don't want to see people making fun of my friends, you know? It's like, right. And it's, now I'm not going to sit there and fight everybody online. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm in the, I'm in that weird spot, you know, because they're – and it's 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 – but I was about to say it's everybody, but really, Gangster Pete, I don't feel like I see it about you. But also, in fairness, you're not as active on air on the show. People really like you. I mean, I'm pretty important – Important talent. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't underestimate me. <laughs> it's not underestimation. Your stock is surging on the podcast. You just kind of don't care to get involved in it. Um, although the links for my money are outstanding, but it's Doug's politics. Um, it's you know it, my shit's more passive. I I feel like like I know what's going on, or it's done on other pages or in group texts or these weird DM things. I guess they're not necessarily weird. I guess people have their group texts with their friends and so on and so forth. I think it's also weird when people send them to me. Don't you, you know, kind of like narky? Oh, yeah. I mean, you got grown men narking on other grown men. That's so Who are talking about our radio show. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I mean, I can't like name a personality, but take a pick. Think of it. Think of a sports talk radio show in St. Louis. All right. Any one of them, actually, <laughs> for real. And does any of them have anything like this? And I think the answer is no. But I also would tell you it's a good thing for us that we do have this. So it cuts both ways. Like if nobody were paying attention, you know, I wouldn't be like, fuck, let's buy the station. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it cuts both. It's, you know, and again, the other thing is 
when you're just getting new to this stuff and you're, you, you know, there are some people who have been listening since the beginning, they know that this is kind of unfortunately comes with the territory. It's just now it's in a different platform. Now it's the Facebook fan page before it was the inside STL message board or it was hate emails. Now people just can use burners. And so that's how they'll get you and they'll create fake email address. It's, it's just, it's just in a different form. And within five years, there'll be another form, um, assuming we're still doing it in uh, five years. And how much does it bother you guys that the page has been taken over by politics and people who don't really like the show? Okay, so now we're operating off the premise that it's people who don't like the show. We've already said that we don't necessarily see it that way. We think there's plenty of people who just don't like certain individuals on the show. Who do you think is the least liked on the show, Gangster Pete? I, I feel like it rotates. Depending you know, on like what Plowsy's hot take of the day is. Yeah, I think, and you know what? I think that's actually the answer. I thought I'd get into something this will give people some red meat, because then, then I was thinking about it and I didn't even have the answer. Um, so now it's like, but then you say that, and I'm like, yeah, it's like if it's a certain topic, um, it, politically, it'll be Doug, right. and then you like have guys with blues avatars pop up and say, well, Doug's always right, you know, but they're not the real avatars um, of themselves uh, or dog avatars. Uh, and then, um, you have, uh, my, I feel like mine, like I, like I, like I know it cause I've been feeling it for 16 years. Like the passive shit is me. Right. Um, Plowboys takes, it's definitely not Iggy. That's the one I actually would say I can take out of it and say it's not Iggy. There now, is, is, there is a weird sect that analyzes everything Iggy does. <laughs> I think he's hilarious, and I love Iggy. I do too, and, and I know he's so benign that I, right. it's, you know, there's it's, some people that like really get offended when he if he tells like a fib, or they think they catch him in a lie. They're like, "I got you again, motherface!" <laughs> like, oh my god, dude, chill. I don't know, and then you know, people are annoyed by the cat and the interrogations and the interruptions. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Most popular, it's easy. It's Doug and it's Iggy. It's yeah. and it's not. It's, it's not even like I did. Like I don't even know how anybody who listens to the show would see otherwise. Like I, I don't know. I don't even. I don't. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know actually who I put in third place. Like it's the the, 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 the So from my standpoint, it's so obvious. The Beauty and the Beast. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, so so anyway, to answer how much does it bother us. You know, I, I never ever want to say some absolute like, oh, you know, it doesn't because it does. But I guess what I would say is it's been going on so long that you kind of you don't become completely numb to it. You just kind of go, OK, well, whatever. You know, it, 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 the only time I get involved is if somebody is saying something that's factually inaccurate. And I know it's factually inaccurate. Um at least I, I, I'd like to think that's the only time I get involved. Maybe some people can point to some times where I've gotten involved, um, you know. But there is a great deal of restraint because I don't I, – I want people to, like what the post was yesterday that led to Alvin Mack coming in, the person expressing disappointment that we didn't talk about, um, you know, what he felt like everybody in the world or everybody in the United States anyway was talking about. And I understand that. Um, I feel like you can have a better conversation about it via email if you really want an answer. Like, hey, Tim, I love the show, but I was really disappointed you guys didn't get into, you know, the George Floyd situation and the protests. And, you know, why didn't you? As opposed to, you know, assuming, but whatever. It's it's not like this is the first time that's happened. That's kind of what I'm going back to in my answer. You get used to it. Um, and again, it's not to say you enjoy it. I don't want to confuse the two or you become totally numb to it. It's just, let me put it this way. 
my reaction to it in 2020 is a hell of a lot different than my reaction was in 2005. It's it's night and day, or the first time I caught shit uh, on Tiger Board in 1999 for uh, being off by the day of, uh, when Kareem Rush would announce his commitment to Missouri. And I was reading people who I didn't know on Tiger Board laying into me and attacking me, and smooth it just like it, it made me a very smooth stroke. Uh, made me curl up into a ball that weekend. Um, it's just you know again you don't enjoy it, uh, and I don't and I and I don't think anybody I don't think I don't know I don't know who enjoys it, but uh, I think by the amount of time you've done the amount of times you've seen it, uh, is is what kind of it's like it calluses you for lack of a better term. Um, so it's not like it's impenetrable, but it calluses you. And I also it's something I think that's kind of come along over time is. You know, no matter what, I mean, who, you know, in my lifetime, I don't know, I don't know who the most popular president in my lifetime was. I would imagine it was either Reagan or Obama. I could be wrong. Somebody might point to something. And it's either way, I'm choosing a Republican and Democrat. But that's actually what I really do think is the case. But maybe I'm wrong uh, as far as approval ratings go. And even then, you still have, I mean, shitload of people who are against those people. That's just kind of the way that it goes. So if you get into a spot uh, where people are familiar with what you do for a living, then they, they, you know, it, one of the things, and I've noticed this, and God, I hate it. Uh, and it's like, it's my mom does this with Phil Mickelson, and it drives me up the fucking wall. She goes, well, I heard that his nickname on tour is Gig Jam for God, I'm good, or Fig Jam. Fuck, I'm good. Fig Just Jam. ask me. Yeah, but I guess my mom has, you know, cleaned <laughs> I, it up. I named my fantasy for... golf team that. I love oh, it. Oh, do you really? So you're very familiar with the story. Yeah, Fig you Jam. You know, fuck, I'm good. Just ask me. Yeah, I love it. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And it's, it just becomes like this gossipy like i'm just like you know and so what winds up happening is somebody has a a a one second interaction with you and it's either really good and then they're like fan or it's not as good as they were hoping for and then yeah i met tim and he's a real fucking asshole and you're just like okay there's nothing i can do you know doug sticks around the tma lives and he'll talk with everybody tim tim doesn't stick around as long well first off i'm kind of uncomfortable honestly it's just not my personality and secondly, I have like a, a baby at home, you know, and my wife's been with the baby the whole time and our roles since he's been born is I put him to bed. So, you know, if, if that makes me a bad character person who's not fit to run the business uh, properly because I didn't hang out at TMA Live, then so be it. Or, yeah, this person, you know, said they worked there and he was I'm like, OK, you're going to check in with my ex-wife and get her review on me. I mean, you know, this think about the sort, but there's but also you can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. I mean, so to, like, get all worked up about it, you can't do anything about it. The only thing you can do is if somebody's passing something off that's factually inaccurate, whether it be about something, whether it be me or if it were be anybody at the show or the station or whatever, that you correct it. And try to do so, by the way, just with stating facts and not go, hey, motherfucker, you know, because all that does is it inflames the situation. So, I don't know, I... I it's. I mean, it's a. It's. 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 A, it's. A, it's an interesting observation. I guess I don't agree. I. I would agree with it. If we're laid out. What do you think about you know of so many people who are active on the on the page who clearly don't like you? I'd. I'd be. I'd be fine with that. I just don't. Th- I don't think it's a case of people who are active on the page who don't like the show. So that's what I would disagree with. Uh, let's see what we've got here. I tried to just read a couple of words to give me an idea if I want to do it. Oh, this is like radio suggestions. Okay. Oh, this is this is good actually. This is kind of a business thing. Um, but I saw him asking about like lineup stuff, and then I'm like, oh god. 
Uh, this will wrap it up here. Tim, you have mentioned many times about the possible purchase of the radio station. I wonder if it would possibly be a case of the juice isn't worth the squeeze. As one who PLTDs, I hardly ever listen to the radio. Would it be better to just get some office space and start your own podcast network? I believe you already sell your own advertising and could modify to not need a radio station at all. Just to clarify, that is factually inaccurate. Not to say that this person is trying to make something up. It's just not true. We do not sell our own advertising. Uh, not deal with running a station or any of the other headaches associated with it like the FCC. Uh, the FCC is not really a headache. Uh, you could still do morning after and QFTA and then possibly open up to Doug having his own show or Charlie being able to come in later and do a show. Doug and Charlie doing a show would be dynamite. Seems like Strictly Radio is a dying market, and you and Doug always say you would tell young people to avoid this profession. Love TMA and QFTA. Keep it up. Uh, also, just refinance with Ryan Kelly. That's great news. Thanks. That's Joe from St. Charles. Support the sponsors. Uh, yeah, support the sponsors. I, I, I mentioned uh, James Carlton. Yeah, 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. He is my insurance agent. And uh, he's actually how I found out about uh, our new sponsor, Jim Rogers, Restoration One. When all hell was breaking loose in my basement, he told me to go to him. Uh, and I, and Jim saved the day and, uh, that's the way James, James is, and this isn't just limited to me. This is how he is with his clients. It's just a new way to do business. It's being active because he knows so many people aren't. And, uh, that's what separates him from everybody else. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. I'm glad this question was asked because it, 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 I know a lot of people think some of these things and a number of these things are just factually inaccurate, but I know that this. Joe from St. Charles is not asking it from a bad place. Uh, you've mentioned many times about the possible purchase of the radio station. I wonder if it would fall under the case of juice isn't worth the squeeze. One who podcasts, PLTDs, I hardly ever listen to the radio. Would it be better to just get some office space and start your own podcast network? Um, so as Pete knows, this is something we've talked about doing. Yeah. Um, and I have uh, people who are very uh, close to me as far as advisors who um, have passionately advocated for this um, in, a, in a major way, uh, passionately advocated for it. And here's the reason. So I'm glad that the question was asked. I'm glad because I, I was about to delete it because I, I saw Doug and Charlie and then I'm like, oh, this is going to be lineup suggestions. And, you know, uh, that's not what I'm looking to do here. And there's always economic reasons or, and I'll get to it in a moment, TV reasons. Uh, but with that said, um, here is the thought process. In my opinion... And we will collect data on this. In my opinion, the if you were to if you were to line up on a graph, streaming, podcasting, and radio as the three most likely ways listeners consume our content, I would tell you that radio is going to have the lowest number. Gangster Pete, is that your opinion? Yes. Okay, so we're operating off of something that we believe to be true. Both of us. Uh, I can also tell you this, since I'm familiar with the numbers, and I don't know how many times if we do wind up buying the station, I'm going to wind up saying, since I'm familiar with the numbers, but I'm going to try to make them a lot of these as public as possible. Um, so always realize that when, when you may start coming at me about things that the, the, the determining factor is something that I am aware of, and it's not something that you are aware of, so maybe uh, coming to the table with a question, know that in the back of your mind if it's going to be a, a, a shot. Uh, or a, even a suggestion, because the numbers are what determines everything. And by that, I mean the dollars. Um, or I guess downloads, I suppose. Those those would be numbers that aren't dollars. I would also tell you this, since I'm familiar with the numbers, that radio is the most expensive one to uh, keep up 
And by that, I mean overhead, uh, whether it be the studio space, the office space, the uh, land where the towers are. People, people, when I say that, when I'm talking about the rent. They're like, oh, the, you know, you mean the studios? No, we don't own the studios. That's leased through the, the commercial real estate company that owns that land. Uh, then what are you talking about? Well, there are radio station towers, and they're on farmland, farmland in Illinois. I'm actually going there tomorrow uh, for a due diligence inspection. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they have to be there maintenance and you have to pay for the rent for the land and you have to have upkeep and there's a transmitter and there's insurance on that as you can imagine you have an engineers uh that you wouldn't have it was a if it were a podcast uh in addition to your programming 24 hours of content knowing that that uh, that a portion of it is not going to be listened to like if you just had tma on a podcast 100 percent aware of that or the tim mckernan show on a podcast whatever so then you go, well, then why the fuck are you, would you look at buying a radio station? I just wanted to put that context in there. Here's the answer. Advertising dollars. At this moment, at this moment, so I'm not saying in 20, even 2023 or 24, but at this moment, local advertisers, which are the lion's share of dollars for KFNS, because KFNS is not rated by Nielsen, because people talk about ratings. What are your ratings? It hasn't been rated by Nielsen since 2006. Um, maybe 2007, possibly. But that's, that's when you can go back to. That's when it stopped. It costs money to do. Uh, KFNS is not a monster signal. KFNS is not going to get monster numbers. That's the way that it is. It has nothing to do with the people on the air. I guess I can't say it has nothing to do. It is certainly not the reason. The people on the air are not the reason. You put TMA on, take your pick of big FM station, TMA is going to have monster ratings. You take a pick of whatever show you think is most popular and put it on KFNS, it's not going to have ratings. This is just the way that it is. I don't know what else to tell you. Just It's one of those things where you're going to have to just take my 20 years of doing this shit and, and, and accept it. I mean, you can ask people and maybe they'll uh, agree, but it, they might not have been in the spot that I've been in. So... Because uh, a lot of people aren't familiar with a station's business model like ours. So ours are based on local direct advertisers. In other words, we're not going to likely have McDonald's on KFNS, but there's a very good chance that we would have the Village Bar or Biggie's on KFNS. Why? They are local direct advertisers. Their spends won't be as great as McDonald's if I own 101, if our company owned 101. Um, but... They're based on ratings. So you have an advertising agency out of take your pick of whatever, New York, Chicago, L.A., Dallas, whatever, and they just look at numbers. They're not familiar with the content. Okay, this station, we're going to buy the top five stations, men 25 to 54. Here they are. Allocate this amount of dollars. We want to reach those people. That's how they determine the success of the buy. We determine the success of the buy by the return on investment for our clients, and that's the difference. And so if Ryan Kelly or Design Air or James Carlton or Mark Hanna or now Jim Rogers, or take your pick of whomever else uh, who you hear advertising regularly on this podcast, you've heard advertising regularly, and for a number of years, you should probably be aware because you've heard them at this point, so you know I'm not just making this up. If they weren't getting a return, they wouldn't be advertising. But that's not how it's sold when you're selling to ad agencies. And so local direct is not going to be on the cutting edge of technology local direct is going to be what i was dealing with in 2005 when i started with matt Seebeck inside stl.com 
we went out to try and st- sell advertising. And what were we told? We were told, oh, we're not going to advertise on a website. We're, we're in Riverfront Times and a live magazine and St. Louis Magazine and the Post-Dispatch. Why would we, why would we advertise on a website? In 2020, that sounds funny. It sounds fictitious. It sounds like from another, like we're in a time capsule. But that's what it was. So that's why we created events to monetize because we weren't able to sell advertising. And now, you know, I don't need to tell you how things have gone for print in the last 15 years. So uh, what is the strategy? The strategy is people are not going to just buy podcasts. Not to say that they won't, but enough people will not, in my opinion, buy podcasts at this moment to justify taking everything digital if we have another option. If we didn't have another option, it was something that I was fine with doing. And, you know, who knows? Like I said, man, we're not in the end zone yet. But the key is if, if you are, let me, I lay it out mathematically. Let's just say that TMA generates a million dollars in advertising revenue, just to use a round number. That's not the number, but let's just use it as a round number because it's easy to then operate off there. And um, we go to 100% digital platform. I would tell you that we would be lucky to generate 500000 in advertising revenue if we did that. And that might be on the high end. Now, if this were 2023 or four, I would certainly have a different opinion. The other side of that is um, you certainly wouldn't have the overhead that you have operating a radio station, so you don't need to generate as much. But we would essentially be the Lewis and Clark locally of doing this. We would be going through the frontier, uh, the first ones through, locally, uh, and taking a show that has a following on the radio and moving all in on digital at this moment and again if we needed to or if we need to it was certainly something uh as pete knows because pete was one of the people who was leading the research on it uh that we were prepared to do and again this is not this is not done but that is the reason um and i think i would like to think that this is something that hopefully you can see why two plus two equals four um you might disagree with it you would not be alone. I have people who are close to me advising me who, who think that it's, it could work. I just didn't. And, I, and part of it is anecdotal in the sense that when we started the podcast in 2017, I would go out and meet with people about buying advertising on it. And they'd go, okay, now show me how this works. At that moment, I could have just gotten up and walked out the door. Because if I'm going to have to explain to them how it works, it's not going to be a buy. Which, again, I'm not angry about it. That's business. But that's where we were. Now, that's 2017. Even though it wasn't that long ago, things have improved for podcasts. You know, I've had some people go, yeah, what about Joe Rogan? You could be Joe Rogan. Ah, well, Joe Rogan's reaching a global audience, you know, so we're not, we're not at that point at this particular moment. Um, but, but I certainly see it. So here is what we are going to do if this happens. We're going to utilize the radio station as the centerpiece, the home base, so to speak, to promote that which I believe is the future, or for that matter, the present, which of course are podcasts, social media shows, post-game shows, Zoom conversations, which have become a byproduct of the pandemic, in addition to the merchandise that Gangster Pete led uh, in, in bringing into our, you know, inside STL revenue streams successfully, whereas I tried it and I've 
fucking failed horribly. Events. Um, in addition to Sound Story, the company that I uh, started seven months ago, I guess, interviewing family members. I think there's much more that we can do with that. Uh, and then also uh, making ourselves available to produce um, spots for companies for less money that they can utilize for social media. And all of that will be all under one umbrella as opposed to like, okay, Inside STL owns this, but then McKernan Industries owns this, but then KFNS owns that, and then everybody's got their own self-interest, and everything's not flowing into one pot. And it causes some division, it causes some tension, and you're not really building. So that is the strategy. I believe we will utilize the radio station to build that which is, again, either the future or the present, depending on your perspective. From an advertising dollar standpoint, locally, I think it's more future. And that's the reason why um, that we are looking at the radio station. If this were 2023 or 24, I'm not sure that we would. And in hell, in 2020, it was something that we did look at. But it just gets down to, a again, it's not science, it's art, uh, to the calculation of how many people would actually spend money if this were simply a digital platform and it wasn't something that um, I felt like and other people I mean this again I have a group of people and some people are saying yeah go all digital and some people are saying "Ah, I think you need the radio station and who knows Um, I, I, I certainly know more headaches and more risks associated with the radio station no question about it no question about it but it's a different form of headache uh, you, you have a hell of a lot more headaches if you're like, okay, let's do this thing. And it's like, holy shit, nobody wants to buy it. Um, and not to say that he would, but just using it as an example. What if Ryan Kelly's like, oh, you guys aren't on the radio anymore. I don't know if I, he still would sponsor it. There's not a doubt in my mind. But Ryan might push back and go, I, yeah, I can't justify spending as much. And these are the things that go into the decisions. And hopefully... Uh, as this process plays out, if it does, no matter what happens, I guess I'm going to, I think anyway, I'd like to think that we'd be able to explain whatever, you know, and I want to do that. I, 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 it's something I look back on in 2013. I was, you know, seven years younger and super new to it when we did 920. Um, you know, just like, I, I, again, I love what Portnoy and Eric and Ardini did where they were like, yeah, here's, here's the deal. Because it's a different thing than going, okay, yeah, this fucker, you know, it, and then you start taking shots because that's not what it is. It's, yeah, here, 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 look at TMA's downloads. You see this? Okay, here's the, here's the next one. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's different worlds. It's, but now I'm the host of it, and so it's like, oh, so you're just throwing your cock out there, and you want everybody to know. No, I mean, this helps explain where listeners are. Um, here's the revenue. Here's TMA's. Here's this one. Here's this one. Here's this one. Here's what this person is making. Here's what this salesperson brought in. All of these things. I think it's healthy. Again, not to post on social media for everyone, but internally for the company to know and everybody to know. And this is what we're operating. So you know where you stand. And you can get fired up when you start making progress and knowing, okay, this is how I get to this income level. This is what I can do. So that's the thought process. It might be a fucking disaster. For the people who hate me, I know they're sitting there with soft cows hoping that this is a disaster. I mean, for as many people who are as excited about it, I know there are plenty of people who are hoping it fails. In, in media, too. Probably some at the station themselves. I know it. That's part of the deal. Can't get worried about it. I believe we have something, mainly because of a number of people on the roster already and knowing the people who would join us. And so from that standpoint, um, the time is now. 
And that was the reason, because in six months, these people, not even six months, maybe a month, may not be available. And it's the team who is going to get the thing done. It's not an individual who is going to get the thing done. I assure you, it's not an individual who is going to get the thing done. So it's a great question. You know, you ask about uh, lineups and so on and so forth with regard to Charlie and Doug. You know, people will ask that and be like, great, if they did the Those guys, at least at this moment, have television jobs. And the television jobs, you know, it, it, it wound up not being that way for me. And that's why I left television. Um, in part, and then I wasn't sleeping, so I was a mess at the time. But I made more money, for, eventually made more money from doing radio. And so I'm like, okay, I don't like doing TV. It's just so watered down and jack offy and not real. And I have two and a half minutes, and then i got to work nights and weekends, and it's going nowhere, it's, even if, you know, and I'm always, you know, they could whack me in 13 weeks. I mean, fuck it. This is a, who gives a shit? It's no good. Uh, but those guys, they make more, I think, from doing uh, television. And so they, they're not in a spot where they can do time slots that are, you know, past a certain point because of television jobs. Um, so, you know, hopefully that explains. And I realize when I say these things, they see, they, they, people, oh, and that's why I want to do it because I want people to understand it. It doesn't mean you're going to agree with me, but you at least understand where I'm coming from, you know, and that's what I want to do more of. So I'm glad the questions have been asked here. Um, but I want to help explain reasoning. Gangster Pete, that you have been in the trenches on this. Uh, I think more so than anybody on TMA, and that's not that's not a necessarily a compliment to you or a shot at anybody else. It's just the way that it is played out. Um, any thoughts that I have left out in the, in that long soliloquy? <laughs> no, I think you pretty much covered everything. This is Gangster Pete saying, "I want to be done with it." That's what that <laughs> was. That was my read. At some point, I just need you to go. Okay, dude, I'm going to have Johnny Lomax come in and press stop. I'm leaving. It's 12:30, and I want to play golf or do. You got other things to do, but I want to explain it as much as I can because that's what I want to do. If this were to come to fruition, to help explain things that I, for me, are a second language because it's all I've been doing. You know, for my, you know, I don't know, the last decade, I guess. Um, but I recognize it's not all everybody else has been doing, and um, and I can't get all pissy when people don't understand my reasons because they don't fucking know them. So if they're still pissy after hearing the reasons, then okay, I don't know. I've given you my reasons. You don't like it. That's fine. Attack. But if you don't know the reasons and you're ask, actually asking questions and then I don't give you the answers, well, then, you know, I, I understand being pissed. So with that all said, uh, thank you for the question, Joe from St. Charles. Uh, Gangster Pete, thank you so much. As always, I've enjoyed this sode of questions from the audience. Uh, I'm sorry for keeping you so long. It uh, was a wonderful sode, however. Yeah, we're just killing the game. Absolutely crushing. It's unbelievable what's going on. All right, uh, for uh, thehomeloanexpert.com, for Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, for James Carlton, Carl State Farm Insurance Agency, for Design Air Heating and Cooling, Seth Goldcamp, and for Jim Rogers at Restoration One of Central St. Louis. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show with Gangster Pete. Questions from the audience on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.